Hello, my name is Dean Bobar, and I am the Adult Life Minister at Christ Pacific Church in Huntington Beach, California. As a church, we are seeking to cultivate a vibrant community of faith, hope, and love that follows Jesus into the world so our neighbors may also experience God's goodness. You're listening to our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us or to subscribe to this podcast, visit us at cpchb.org. The Psalms were collected and ordered the way that we currently have them quite on purpose. While each Psalm stands alone, each one is kind of like a tree in a forest. Yes, it stands alone and it is beautiful on its own. But it is also an integral part of the overall forest, and to see the whole forest is also beautiful. So we do well to look closely at an individual tree and also to consider the forest together. Both those perspectives are helpful and actually magnificent. The Psalms might also be compared to a Christian hymnal. A hymnal isn't intended to be read through like a novel from beginning to end. Yet, it is arranged intentionally along theological lines or sometimes along liturgical calendar lines. And in that sense, the form of the hymnal, the structure of the hymnal, adds meaning to each of the individual hymns. The Psalms are like a hymnal in another way, too. Christian hymnals were compiled to help lead the people of God in worship, particularly in singing, obviously. Hymnals are guidebooks or even instruction manuals for worship. Great hymns taught the church how to sing and how to worship. In a similar way, the Psalms were compiled to help teach the people of God how to pray. As great hymnals give us lyrics to sing, the Psalms give us language to pray. In his fantastic little book called Answering God, the Semitic language scholar Dr. Eugene Peterson, he writes about prayer as a form of our most basic human language. It's the first language we learn as infants. And he says, for all its limited vocabulary and butchered syntax, it is more than adequate to express complex and profound love and to develop the basic trust foundational to human existence. Peterson wants you to imagine the relationship that is developed between a parent and an infant using this foundational language. The second language we learn is the language of information. We identify apples and fire trucks and bees. We need to learn this second language to get passing grades in school. And it doesn't take, it doesn't take us long to learn the third language, which is the language of motivation. We learn that words make stuff happen. Eugene Peterson observes the irony that, quote, Children rapidly acquire proficiency in this language, moving people bigger and more intelligent than themselves into strenuous activity. Even my dog knows this language. She has learned that a wine at the door will motivate me to open it and let her out. She's using the language of motivation. 
This third language of motivation is, by the way, also the language of marketing and politics. Well, it's not uncommon for people to feel intimidated to pray within earshot of others. And I think that this comes from an underlying assumption that prayer requires somehow learning a new kind of professional language, perhaps something that pastors or theologians could teach us. Yet learning to pray is not actually learning a new language. It's recovering our first language, that language of relational intimacy and trust and love, that language that we learned as an infant. Learning to pray is simply learning to speak to God the way that you spoke when you were three. Is this maybe why Jesus said to his disciples, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these? Children haven't yet forgotten their native tongue, the language of heaven. Children are not careful with their words. They don't use guarded language, measured language. They certainly don't use theologically accurate language. Kids just say what's on their mind, unfiltered and unfettered by a concern about what others might think. And the Psalms are filled with this kind of language. Consider Psalm 137. This might be one of the most difficult psalms for us to read and to hear. Near the end, the psalmist says, Happy shall they be who take your little ones and dash them against the rock. This is an exacerbated cry against the psalmist's enemy Babylon. And you might say, How is this a prayer? It's offensive. I agree, but allow me to invite you into the experience of the writer of this psalm. You see, the psalm emerges out of the experience of Judah. Judah had been devastated by war with the Assyrians and then by the Babylonians. Jerusalem had been overthrown and finally all the leading citizens of the city had been led into captivity for 70 years. So out of generations of colossal anguish the Judah community had felt, this honest prayer rises to God. Judah was desperate, exhausted, weak. And she cries out to God, happy shall they be who take Babylon's little ones and dash them against the rock. You see, Psalm 137 is not a tightly knit theological argument or treatise. It's the cry of broken hearts, desperate for God to do justice. It's not careful language. It's, quite frankly, offensive language. It's our original language, unfiltered before a God who listens and understands. Psalm 131, to use Uh, 137, rather, to use Eugene Peterson's words again, is, is not careful about offending our sensibilities. Its genius is its complete disclosure of the human spirit as it makes response to the revealing God. So I want to encourage you, as you continue reading through the Psalms, 
to adopt the psalmist's language in your prayers, unafraid of offending God's sensibilities, completely disclosing your inner thoughts before a divine audience, ready and happy to listen. Use the Psalms as an invitation to relearn your original language, to speak like a child. Because I think in speaking to God as a child does, you may very well find your faith growing to become like that of a child. Thanks so much for joining us for our Year in the Bible podcast. If you'd like to hear more about our Year in the Bible campaign to subscribe or learn how you can become engaged with us as a church, please visit us at cpchb.org.